Hello and welcome to day 96 of our Bible reading course. In the late 40s AD, it's thought that the Apostle Peter went to live in the Syrian city of Antioch, where for several years he became the leader of its thriving church. He then travelled through modern-day Turkey, including some areas that Paul hadn't visited. Like Paul, he ended up in Rome, where he was martyred in the mid to late 60s during the reign of Nero. 1 Peter is written from Rome to the churches he'd visited on that missionary journey. Today's passage is 1 Peter chapters 1 and 2. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Help me both to hear and to do whatever you may say to me in this time. In your name. Amen. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. 
Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply, from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the Emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. 
Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Being a Christian in the first three centuries AD was not always easy. As well as facing opposition from those Jews who saw it as a deceptive and dangerous aberration from their faith, the Roman authorities often singled Christians out for persecution, not least because they claimed that Jesus, not the emperor, was their lord and ultimate authority. Peter, who had plenty of experience of such suffering, writes to encourage the churches he knew to keep going through such trials. He begins by lifting their eyes to heaven and focusing on their hope in Christ. This is the long-term perspective that they must always keep in view through the bumpy times now. There they have an inheritance reserved that can never perish, spoil or fade. Chapter 1 verse 4 Reminding us of Jesus' words about storing up treasures in heaven where moths and thieves can't ruin or steal them. At the same time, their current trials, although tough, are not without value, for God is able to use them to refine and purify their faith, which will be to their credit when Jesus comes again. Their future hope will also motivate them to live holy lives, especially if they understand themselves to be foreigners in a pagan world. So there's more to it than mere survival. They're to seek spiritual nourishment and growth, including the call to love one another deeply from the heart. Chapter 1, verse 22. But even though they might be exiles in terms of the world, from God's point of view they have an amazing identity and purpose. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If they can only hold on to that, then they'll be able not only to avoid sin, but to live out such distinct and attractive lives that even those who oppose them will be impressed. Finally, in an echo of Paul's letters, Peter speaks of the Christian dying to sins and living for righteousness. Chapter 2, verse 24. Just one small example of the extraordinary unity we find throughout the different writers in the New Testament. As Peter encourages the churches to live out their faith in a pagan world, he tells them to submit to human authorities, including the Roman emperor. Does this mean that it's never right to protest, especially when such authorities are clearly going against God's ways? How are modern-day Christians facing persecution to behave? Slaves are likewise told to submit to their masters, even those who treat them badly. In the light of the Black Lives Matter movement and all that we know about slave traders in the past, how are we to take these verses into the debate? There's a clear sense in this and other New Testament letters of the believer not becoming too settled and comfortable in this present world, for it's not yet the kingdom of God and often sits under the power of the evil one. 
What implications does this have for me when tempted to take it easy and just go with the flow of modern life? Lord God, my Heavenly Father, I praise you for the living hope that you've given me through Jesus, your Son. Thank you that nothing I will ever face in life can take away that hope. During this time of world crisis, keep that hope burning brighter than ever, not only for me, but for all who call on your name. I pray again for those who suffer for their faith around the world, often at the hands of the governing authorities. Give to them great wisdom, courage and resilience, and may they always remember that they are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and your special possession. In Jesus' name. Amen.